supporters to episode 27 of Clay at Our Core, the only pottery podcast coming to you from the corner of Montgomery Road and Hudson Avenue in peace-loving Norwood, Ohio. This is Ann Sager. You may recall, potters, that way back in episode 4, I spent a little time ruminating about the recirculating sinks in our second floor studio. Later, I got to talking with studio owner Laura Davis about the larger subject of water in a pottery studio, and she had some thoughts she wanted to share here on the podcast. Many potters set up home studios without thinking through the importance of managing water because, as Laura says here, quote, you don't think through clay in the pipes. Laura talks about how she figured out how to build the recirculating sinks to keep as much clay as possible from going down the pipes of our 1928 building here in peace-loving Norwood. Here's Laura. Cold pastor, I lovingly and reverently bow to you. How are you today? Um, the cult is doing good. Yes. We, uh, we've all, um, what do cults do? Um, Let's see, we've all drunk the Kool-Aid? We've drunk the Kool-Aid! Oh dear, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yes. Well you, well, you know the joke of what George Rodriguez oh, observed about us? That we were a that little... That we were a cult. Yeah, um, so for those of you listening, uh, George Rodriguez goes to a lot of different studios and I asked him, how are we different from other studios? And he said, you're cultier than the others. <laughs> Hope that Anne calls me cult pastor all the time. It's not my fault. I didn't make that up. I would like the record to reflect that there was a document in this building calling you a cult pastor. The cult pastor. So I'm, I'm only obeying the building. That's true. But the church the, the, <laughs> the building before we were here was a church. Right. And so they did take over the the Signboard from the church. And right. Called me a cult pastor. That's true. So, and, yes. Yes. And, okay. And fair enough. And fair enough. Yes. Nevertheless, the vibe carries over. It's not not a thing. It's not not a thing. I do listen to uh, some podcasts about cults and take tips on how to be more or less culty Cultier. depending on my day. <laughs> I, That's why we love it here. I I have studiously looked at the cult uh, podcasts to learn things that po- that cults do that are bad to avoid them. Awesome. So, I mean, I'm I'm trying. And what's one thing that cults do that is bad? Um, so to have a significant obstacle to leave, I, I do very, very much try to not keep people from leaving if they want to leave. Oh, it's a creepy so thing to do. So it's a cult do. that has an open door. Yes, you can nice. leave anytime you want. Right. There's no There's no barriers to leaving. But it doesn't, it, that does that's not prevent us. That's the creepiest thing to me, yes. I think. But that's, but that does not, of course, prevent us from exercising a lot of emotional. Oh, yeah. Emotional duress. That's yes, totally a thing. Yeah, that's, that's what fine. we're all about. Yeah. But we're still saying, okay, there's the door. Yeah. Right? But like, there's another studio that um, I used to be part of that. Which remains nameless. It remains nameless. That would, um, you could, your, your firing credits would expire after 30 days unless you bought another package and so after five years of like just not using them all of a sudden you had you know a bazillion firing inches and you either had to keep spending 60 bucks every three months or you're firing like all the money that you'd spent all the way through was was trash and so 
that to me, I, I would have people call while I was working there and, you know, can I, could I just donate the, the stuff to a friend? Right. And no. Wow. And we'd have people crying and I was like, no, wow. that, so that to me, that's what I'm saying about a barrier to leave. That, that has a, that has our stuff never expired. Vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, it never expired. That's exactly right. It never <laughs> expired. We're good. We don't want that. So. That's fascinating. Yeah. So, Co-Pastor, we're sitting here today talking because you and I have had kind of this long-running conversation, uh, excuse me, James Cameron, about the color of water. The color of water. Water yep. in a studio. Water in our studio is mostly brown. It is mostly brown. Yep. Uh, but what's interesting to me is the management of water in a, in a ceramic studio. So I yes. wonder if you could talk a little bit about how we're doing things here at Core Clay when it comes to managing water. So when we moved from the old building to this building, um, one of the changes, one of the nice things in the old building is we were in the basement. So the sinks were in the basement. Um, it di we didn't really worry about what was happening upstairs from us getting, you know, trapping the lines downstairs. Right. So if there was a, a clay studio on the third floor, that clay comes all the way down through the pipes and you have to worry about all of that being backed up. Um, so that part was good and then it went directly it was so close to the sewer lines that it went directly into fast flowing water okay um the thing to think about with clay in your pipes is that the speed with which the the, the water flows out of your pipes influences how much clay gets trapped in your lines so huh if the if the slope of your pipes is very shallow and the water that you're running down them is very rare, then you're not going to clear out your line very often. Ah. So, um, like our floor drain here, you can see it in the ceiling downstairs in the garage. Yes. Our floor drain is very shallow. Yes. It, it runs at a very shallow um, slope. And so every now and then I like to make sure we take a hose and just really, really run as much water as we can down it until we've got it running clear out the other side. So fascinating. Yeah. Because it can um, you can really do a lot of damage to your pipes by by trapping them full of clay. And you can pay people to come clear them out and you can use, you know, lots and lots of tools to clear them out, but it's even better to just not do it in the first place. Right. So um, so one of the things that is a limiting factor in this building, it is a very strange L-shaped building. Yeah. Um, there are no um, easy ways to tie into the plumbing on the half of the building over by Hudson. Okay. So um, a good half of the building does not have easy access to water. So we have recirculating sinks. Right. And that's the solution that a lot of home plumbers or not home plumbers, <laughs> a lot of home potters have right. is um, you use a recirculating sink in a studio outside and you figure out how to um, have water that doesn't empty into the pipes. Did you settle on the recirculating sinks as, as part of the move here? I mean, did you come yeah. here saying we're going to do this instead yeah. of Yeah, when we moved, we okay. tried to figure out how we were going to do it. Um, and, and it made the most sense to do isolated recirculating sinks because you can also then trap 100% of the clay ah. instead of 10%, ah. you know? Um, and now, now that we have recirculating sinks and I'm trapping all of it, I'm stunned at how much clay comes out of those sinks each week. Um, it's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. Because people just take their slop bucket and dump and it, dump into, the it sink. into the sink. 
and it doesn't. Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, why? 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 Because people, when you come in for class, you are learning like six thousand things yeah, at the same time. True. And you know, your first time in class, you do not think through clay in the pipes. You just don't think about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, so. So much of household maintenance these days is um, is handed off to other people. So, like, you know, we all have landlords, we all have maintenance people, we all have people who who plunge our sinks for us and and um, snake our sinks, and people don't do the work themselves. You know, when I was growing up, my dad plunged the toilet, and my mom knew how to do those things, and right. and they taught me how to do those things. But we do not teach people plumbing maintenance on no. a daily basis no, we don't. and so you don't think through when I dump this down the drain where does it go you right. know so I mean I think in some in some situations obviously people learn that like if you're if you're dealing with well water and you have a um, oh we I looked it up before what is it not a cistern um, a septic tank a septic tank if you have a septic tank and well water I think you're more likely to know exactly what's happening with your plumbing sure but if you just have city water, you're much less in tune with what happens. It's kind of like when you go to the grocery store and you buy a steak. You just think it's a steak. It's you a don't steak. think it's a part of a cow right. that got slaughtered. And this yeah, is the end and of the how process. it happened right. and where it, how it was handled in between. Right. Um, one of the great things about modern life is that we have sanitized everything to the point that you don't think about how the sausage is made. Amen. Yeah. Um, one of the downsides is when you have a clay studio, then you have to think about it. So right. Uh, when people come in here, they don't think through what happens to this water when I'm done with it, and so they just dump the thing into a closed system, which is fine when one person does it, but when 25 people in a night do it, then you've just added 25 gallons to a 55-gallon Which tank. we did last night. That's what happened, yeah. So you add 25 gallons to 55 gallons, now you have 25 gallons on the floor. Yeah, so. that's so much fun, <laughs> let me know. tell you. So much fun. Yeah. Where did you get the idea? Did you... Have you, is, are, let me start over. Um, the recirculating sink, is that a fairly new phenomenon in clay, or has this been something that, um, that clay artists no, have assembled? Um, there are a variety of different uh, recirculating sinks that I've seen over the years. There's a great company that makes a sink called Sink, which is spelled with a C, so right. C-I-N-K. Um, very nice, expensive product. Um, I went on YouTube and I looked up videos for recirculating sinks. Um, huh. The big thing you want is a pump that pumps water from a settling tank to your faucet. Right. And then a way to move it into a settling tank without stirring it up too much. Right. Um, what clay does that makes it easy for us is settles settling tank part yeah um, and so you if you let it drop into a bucket and then sort of flow out the top then you'll leave a lot of the solids in the bottom and so what's left is just a very small amount of clay comparatively um, and that's that's what the basis of all the recirculating sinks is okay is how do you get the big chunks out and how did you build it? Did you and you sort of you and and your brother Chris kind of created a list of things you needed to make to build these sinks? And you went to um, Lowe's and said, "Let's buy all this stuff and we no, put it together." No, this one was I started this um, in my head before we moved, and I was playing with it and playing with it. And then Joe helped me design it. 
Um, and he and I on a weekend came in and sawed a bunch of two by fours apart uh, and, and built a, a thing to go under. I had mostly figured it out, but I needed a base to put a sink, uh, a utility tub over a big settling. Right. And so we went to Lowe's and just looked for things that worked and okay. watched videos. And um, adding the foot pedal was, um, uh, in my opinion, a genius. Stroke of genius, absolutely, yeah. no question. Um, I know some people are comfortable with the idea of just turning a, a handle, but ours, because it's a pump, it has to be switched on and off. Yeah. And so if you just if you had just a switch that kept it running all the time, you'd burn out your pump. Absolutely. And I would not like that. No. It would not be good. You don't need to replace that again. Not again. Uh, okay, so uh, so we have three of them up here. Mm -hmm. And in the main, are you pleased with how they work? I am. They're they take a lot, lot of maintenance. They take a lot of maintenance. Um, in, a, in a couple years, I will probably drill holes through the floor to uh, create a bigger settling tank in the basement and figure out a way to do a much larger settling tank so that I can change all of them at the same time. Um, I've tried to figure out a couple of different ways to do that. You know, the thing about water is that it operates on gravity. It does uh, indeed. So if we could pump water up to the top of the building, it could just trickle down through actual pipes. You could you could turn on a, a, oh, a, a faucet. Oh, yeah, oh, just yeah. like you know that thing where on a sink you have a faucet and a, yeah. and you turn it on. I've yeah, you could just that. do it that way. Yeah, um, but the pumps work pretty well right now. So. They are, I mean, long term, I think it's more expensive the way I'm doing it because there's two small pumps on every sink. Where if I did this where it all drained to the basement and then settled from tank to tank and then took it up to the top and you could turn it on one sink at a time, um, I think that would um, allow me to do one much bigger pump that would be probably a smarter way to do it. But, you know, we're... Baby steps. We are. Yeah. We, we refine the concept every time. Yeah. We, we oh, every it. every sink I build has been slightly, and all the way to the point that we built one that was too good, um, and it it kept the water too clean, so we weren't we weren't swapping uh, swapping it out. So we got um, I can't remember what the there was some something grew in it that was because we had not cleaned it often enough. It's like okay, all right, we gotta. Uh, and we know that because what happened. Uh, the smell. The smell, yes. The well, smell. it's it's this distinctive, was, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's a distinctive smell. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to get them cleaned out a little more yes, often. So we, yes, we yes. have a team of, uh, we switch that out to a different team of people every month. Um, we have five people on the on sink duty this yeah. month. And five people seems to be about the right number. It does, I think, yeah. you know, until we can, uh, one of the things Zania and I are going to do is come up with a how-to. Right. So that one person could right. do one sink at a time. Yeah. Uh, ideally, right. That's where we're going to go, but we're not there yet. Right. But we need. But it, we do need to kind of simplify it, and that yeah. does take some some skill. So, um, what do home potters need to know about managing clay? So, home potters really need to know what their water situation is. So, you need to know if you have well water in a septic tank, or if you have city pipes. Uh, you need to know if you have old pipes. Um, we just had a situation where somebody um, in our in the apartment building was flushing flushable wipes down, ah! um, and it, it it's a hundred year old building, and they had clay pipes, and the clay pipes, ooh, yeah, they Don't broke, like they shattered. Yeah. 
So wow. yeah, so you need to know how beat up your pipes are. Um, and if you have anything that would be problematic, then you need to deal with it before you stop them up and not after. Um, the important thing to know if you have a septic tank is that um, you cannot get any clay into it at all because the operation of a septic tank depends on keeping the walls um, porous and clay will stop that up instantly. So wow. yeah, okay. so of the, of the things to know, most of all, do you have a septic tank? If you have a septic tank, do not put any clay down your drain. Right. The nice thing is if you have a septic tank, you probably are in the middle of nowhere and you have a yard. And so you just use a five gallon bucket and you rinse your hands off in a five gallon bucket and then you pour it out in the, in the yard in right. an area that it's okay to have some, right. some clay built up. Right. Um, but I mean, the important thing I'm hearing you saying is if you are if you are wanting to set up a home studio, you can't just plug in your wheel and expect everything to be magical. You really right. do you need have to, to plan look at, ahead. You need to yeah. look at the pipes of your house. Yes. And how you're going to manage water. Yes. Yes. You is that a big mistake that home potters make when they get started? They don't yeah, think about water. I mean, everybody wants to have water, and it's all a matter of how productive you plan to be and how inconvenient you're willing to put up with. Oh, okay. Um, you know, if you live somewhere in a northern clime where things freeze all the time, then you need to think about that before you, you know, run pipelines out to your studio or the pipe's going to freeze and crack. Right. Are you going to need to winterize it? Um, but water is a constant thing we use with wheel throwing. Now, hand builders, much less issue. Right. We don't even have a sink down by the hand builder here. Right. You know, um, but with wheel throwing, water is a continual issue, and it is a continual um, thing that you'll want to, to figure out how to work with before you plug in your wheel and start. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah, the, the more you plan it ahead of time, the better off you'll be. Um, and, and you want to know, the important thing to know is, like I said, the faster your water flows, the more clay it'll take with it. So um, if you, one of the things we did wrong in the old studio in, um, we had four sinks and we started out using the Glico clay traps, which are fine for a home potter usage, but they are simply too anemic for right. a large studio. And um, a potter in town who had had a studio, who joined us in the beginning, kept saying, well, I have a Glico clay trap and they're great. You know, I never had to change it. Well, that's not actually a recommendation for it. That was because so many people were running the water so fast that it was enough water was swishing through the chamber that it was just sweeping all the clay out and right down the pipe. And so what she was taking as a recommendation of, you know, I never had to change it because there was never any clay in there was not a good sign. It was a bad sign. Um, so we had clay traps on all four of our sinks but one of the sinks had the washing machine attached to it. I remember. Yeah. So we had to take the clay trap off of that one yeah. because the water dumping in there from the machine would would just wash everything out of the clay trap and straight down the sink. Oh, gosh. And so yeah. it just actually was causing more damage than no, no, bueno. than no clay trap. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. And they um, – so Glico is great for a small studio, but – it has an o-ring instead of a gasket and so 
screwing it and unscrewing it, it's really temperamental yeah. and we get leaks and it was just, you know, it was a pain in the butt. Um, there are traps designed for industrial kitchens um, that are designed for grease. They don't quite work the same way. Um, we have one of those at the restaurant. Doesn't quite trap the way clay traps. So really what you need for clay is not an easily purchasable thing. It's um, something that, I mean, it's, it's something you design. You don't, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's a settling thing. You want it to drop straight down from the tank or from the sink, straight down, and then let that overflow into the next system. Okay. And so, um, and you want to do it in a way that's easy to empty that container. And I would think that there, the clay industry in this country is big enough that there would be manufacturers who would have refined and... Well, yeah, but they do it in, in much larger. That's the thing. We're in a niche, you know, there's... There's what works really? for hobby potters, and then there's what works for industrial potters. Ah, but we're in the middle of that, ah, you know. We're not we're not an industrial potter set, and there isn't a uniform thing for us, you know. Sounds like a hole that needs to be filled in the market, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, there are there are. I mean, the sink company, like I said, they have a recirculating one that's it's a pretty it's good fine, thing. but it's yeah. small, right? It's, pretty it's small. only five gallons, yeah. and we have a fifty-five gallon. So, you know, but, but what I did was essentially look at the systems that they were using and, and figure out how to beef it up. Okay. So, yeah. What's the next, what's the next horizon for wa managing water in the studio here? Um, I think the next horizon I'll be moving the tanks to the basement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. You said that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think that's really the next um, managing thing we can do. That's when someone drops a big bag of money on your head, right? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't happen every day. No, but yeah, you never, you never know. know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Yep. Okay. Well, Coke Pastor, this was a really fascinating conversation. I love yeah. talking to you about uh, these these issues that people generally don't think about when they come into yeah, the studio. Yeah. My my um, advice for everybody is uh, like flush every toilet that you can when you walk by them and um, <laughs> and know how your plumbing works. Make sure you get Please. as much water flowing through your pipes as you can occasionally. Yes. Um. Not just from the sink that, I mean, you don't want to be sparing in your use of water at your home pottery, ho home pottery studio. Right. You want to use as much water as you can to get those pipes cleared out. Interesting. Yeah. More counterintuitive knowledge Unless from Unless you're our, in a drought zone. Uh, right. Well, more counterintuitive knowledge from our Coke pastor, Laura. Thanks a bunch for coming into the podcast and talking about this. No problem. It's always a problem. Thank Pleasure. you. I obey you forever. Thank you so much. <laughs> Potters, this is how I deal with Laura Davis. I come up with a good idea. I get all proud when I share it with Laura. Laura then spends five minutes explaining the many excellent reasons that she rejected that very good idea ten years ago. So when she talks about water, she knows a little something. Now for a few notes. Clay Club is our free weekly class that offers tips and tricks on making your pottery even better. What topics or skills would you like to address in coming weeks? Stop by the office and share your ideas or drop us a suggestion at the email address studio at coreclay.com. That's studio at coreclay.com. One more thing, Potters. I'm out of town this week, but I'll be right back the week after with a great lineup of artist interviews, 
studio information, news, and fun. This is Clay at Our Core, the Pottery Podcast, and I'm Ann Saker, hoping your kiln gods are smiling upon you.